1: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
0: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash?
1: I just said our cash isn't content. Shh.
0: (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Real talk. If you want to be great at anything in life, you cannot carry everybody with you
1: dead ass and as you continue to ascend it's okay that motherfuckers can't come with you don't feel bad about that
0: dead, dead ass, ass.
1: <laughs> hey I'm Kadeen
0: and I'm Daval
1: and we're the Ellis's
0: you may know us from posting funny videos with our boys
1: and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy
0: wait I make you need therapy? most days Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married.
0: Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics.
1: Things most folks
0: don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Dead ass is a term that we say every day. So when we say dead ass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about <laughs> to take pillow talk to a whole new level.
1: Deadass starts right now.
0: This is a two-part story time. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Takes me back to 2009.
1: Mm-hmm. Back in the ta-
0: time. Just got cut. Recession happens. Moves mm-hmm. back to Brooklyn. Um, I have a plethora of bills. Bills mm. that are not just mine. Bills that are mine, yours, family members, mm-hmm. friends. And I get cut from the NFL. And a large contingent of these people who I've been helping since I made it to the NFL are nowhere to be found. Ghost. And it's not because they didn't care. They didn't know how to help me mm-hmm. in that moment. And for a lot of people, when you don't know how to help someone, you disappear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fast forward to today. This is part of the story time. Mm-hmm. I'm in a better situation than I was in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I'm not carrying everybody's bills. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and here's the crazy part. You could help somebody a thousand times. The first time you say no, mm-hmm. it's as if you never said yes.
1: That's a fact. Karaoke. This karaoke
0: is dedicated to the people who who were there
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I had nothing mm-hmm. and when I was trying to grow. I never could have made it mm. without you. Hey. Mm. I would have lost it all. Mm. Never, 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 never,
1: never, never, never. would have made, ne- made it. Never would have made it. Ne- never would have ne- made it. Never, ne- never, never. <laughs> Without you. Whatever happened to that? I love that. People need to bring that back. They do, they that was like that what back. a year old now? Nah, that's, that's
0: more than that's that's at least three years old. <laughs> I think the first person I ever heard do it was uh what's the DJ that we rock with?
1: Uh was it D Nice?
0: No, not D Nice. Lights dude from Brooklyn. You know who I'm talking oh. about. Oh, uh, my, boy, my boy our
1: homie uh, Big Reef Big Reef big I Reeve. think he, was the, he I'm, I'm sure the was the
0: first person I'm pretty sure Big Reef was the first person Big Reef. yeah he was the first person to make that he remix he
1: did that shout out to Big Reef big we Reef. haven't seen you in a minute big bro Reef, yes. hope you're doing well big
0: up Brooklyn yes big up so we're gonna take a quick break yes take a quick break, break pay some bills and we'll come back and we'll elaborate on story time
1: sounds good this show is sponsored by BetterHelp listen y'all
0: It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
1: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
0: Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, slash deadass. in NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience.
1: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that?
1: smell for yourself try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online and we're back yes deval i remember vividly Mm -hmm. when we were in the apartment like you said back from the nfl stint recouping from the wedding all that pregnant had jackson just some of the days when I could see in your eyes and see on your face such such conflict. And the conflict that I saw was you bearing the brunt of all of these financial responsibilities that mm-hmm. you had that were easier to carry, of course, when you were in the NFL, but now we were back to square one with nothing. Right. Um, so you were trying to bear that. Then also the sadness that you had in your eyes because you weren't in a position to help the people that you wanted to help so desperately. Yes. Um, The anger behind losing all of the money that you lost and all of the resources, trying to do the right things along the way. Yeah. And then the disappointment when you had no one to lean on to help you out of it. And I think that's what made it easier for me in that moment as your wife now to say, I need to do whatever it is possible to make sure that we can stay afloat Yeah. because I did not want you to feel like less than because you weren't able to sustain the bills or take care of the family the way you wanted to. And it was one of those things that I felt like didn't necessarily have to be spoken at the time, Mm -hmm. but I was angry and not at you. I was angry for you because where were the people that were at the games and wanted tickets and all that right. when you were now at your worst? Right. And in their defense, you may not have divulged that to a lot of people either just for, for shape, for, for feeling maybe ashamed of shame, the situation yeah, and stuff. Shame, yeah. um, so they may not have seen that or felt that because you kind of kept it cool the entire time but I kind of felt like where was the thought because you're always so thoughtful about people and anticipating mm-hmm. people's needs that I felt like no one was necessarily considering how you might've felt in that moment being released, retiring now to start from scratch, just having had you know a wedding and a baby and all that stuff on the way. I think nobody foresaw that you might've needed that assistance. And for me being you know mama bear and being wife who wants mm-hmm. to protect you, wanted to kind of put this guard up moving forward and was like, listen, shit may be down now but when things can ascend in the future i'm gonna be very careful about who's around and i'm gonna be very mindful of who's coming back and people who surface from the woodworks and stuff like that all of a sudden when things are on the up and up again
0: and then that's that that person is always the person that's called the bitch Mm -hmm. when the wife decides that people are not going to take advantage of my husband anymore mm-hmm. that's when people start to feel like who she thinks she is that's you know and oh, it's, yeah. it's typically a family ask thing ask me who i am and um ask here's me. here's the truth survivors remorse cuz the, the the title of this episode is survivors remorse i just want to explain what survivors remorse is right mm-hmm. um, i've noticed in a lot of families right and survivors remorse has nothing to do with athletics or entertainment or mm-hmm. or anything it's it's typically the one who is able to ascend from the trajectory that the family was on mm-hmm. and do more, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, I have college kids mm-hmm. who are experiencing survivor's remorse and they haven't even made any money yet, right? Right, And people don't realize it. People think survivor's remorse is all about money Oh, you got to pay for everything. No, I have kids that I've mentored who were the first in their family, mm-hmm. first generation to attend college, first generation to even graduate high school. And the minute that they get there, I, I watch them feel ashamed that, they're no longer in the same situation as the rest of their peers and their family. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a sickness, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you you were able to get a scholarship and go off to college. Mm-hmm. But now when you're in college, you're rushing back home because you want to be amongst everybody because you feel this sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I the only one that was able to make it? Right. Even though you haven't made it yet, right. people start to feel survivor's remorse when they've ascend past what their family's trajectory originally was. right. And when if you, you watched that, everybody around yeah. you just maintain that same place mm-hmm. and then you do a little bit more, those people typically have that guilt that, like, why am I the only one here? Yeah. It usually That's what survivor's remorse is.
1: in that celebratory moment, too. It's just like, oh, people will see you going to and from school or whatever. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. And then they see you with your cap and gown and you're graduating and there's this hoopla around whoever graduated. And then it's kind of like, oh. Mm-hmm. so this person is actually going to leave this playground for lack of a better word this area that we're in and now ascend to something else well where does and that come like, from mm. Where does that come from
0: where does that come from that you know where i think survivor's remorse comes from
1: mm. where
0: people make you feel guilty for mm. doing well right don't forget the little the, people you know they say so, oh what's up hollywood yeah like that's the, all of those things yep. are shade you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Shade. people People think compliments that it's not that shade, are, but it's backhanded compliments. That hasn't compl- you know? Exactly. And I've, I've, people say that to people who are just like trying to, like you just, we, the kid went to college. Mm-hmm. Kid goes to college, oh, what's up, Hollywood? Oh, you think you're better than us now? <laughs> I'm trying to better myself. It has right. nothing to do with you. Right. But yes, I'm trying to better myself.
1: And you're making it about you because you might have had the opportunity to do the same, but if you didn't, then whose fault is that?
0: And that's where survivor's remorse comes from. Mm. It's the guilt that put, people put on you because- a lot of the times these people had may have had the same opportunities or may not may have not had the have same had opportunities mm-hmm. but they see someone doing more and they most of the time don't know how to be happy for you if they're not happy for themselves so they kind of throw that shade or that backhanded compliment mm-hmm. you know like like i want to be like you when i grow up yeah. stuff like that makes people feel right away even though you think it may be a compliment it's really not mm-hmm. you know and Having survivor's remorse, there were times when I was even in college where I felt like damn, like like damn, a lot of my friends could didn't get into school. Yeah. You know, why me? You know what I'm saying? As soon as I get something, I'm gonna be able I'm gonna share with everybody. Mm-hmm. Because what you wanna do now is you're feeling so guilty, you want everyone to feel how you feel. Yeah. So any little bit of thing you get, you share with everybody so we can all be on the same even playing field. Mm-hmm. But what Survivor's remorse does to the people around you, it, is it makes them feel entitled to what you have yep. because you started to share everything you have with them so y'all can all feel on the same playing field. So
1: that's the bad no, the bad habits, I guess, that you start now become expected. Yes. So it's like as you continue to ascend at every level then you're still bringing all these people along. Mm-hmm. And then you can't be mad at people who then, you know, piss away opportunities or tend to just not even mm-hmm. try on their own because why would, do they have to?
0: And that's the point of this podcast. The this point of this podcast is not to put blame on all the people around you. Mm-hmm. It's for you to recognize that you created these things around you. That's why I can't get mad. Mm-hmm at the people around me or the mm-hmm. people around us because we created that with mm-hmm. Survivor's Remorse. Now, the things that, how I got Survivor's Remorse was started young where, you know, it, it, I remember it being extremely, extremely young, mm-hmm. right? When we used, to go the oldest, to, too. we used to go to Tennessee in the summer times mm-hmm. and some of my friends used to be like, oh, you going down south or you don't want to stay here in Brooklyn, you too good to stay here in Brooklyn. It's like,
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, you were doing manual labor down, right. down in Tennessee. Like, don't nobody want to be here in this hot sun right. and,
0: cutting grass? And, and the thing is, they they would feel like since you left them, mm-hmm. whatever you was doing was better than what you were doing here, so you felt like you were better. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the narrative of right. your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, be, that For me, that became the narrative of my life. My parents constantly put me in situations to better myself. Not be better than anyone else right. to better myself. Same. So Same. if if I wanted to do something, they found even in Tennessee, they knew I loved art. They found the Rose Center. The Rose Center was a place for um, artistic people. Like mm-hmm. I used to draw and paint mm-hmm. and be creative. And even then, when I didn't go to the boys' club certain days, they'd be like, "Oh, you going to the Rose Center? Oh, are you too good to just go to the boys' club." So then you know how I started to feel? Well, I don't, I don't want to go to rural center I'm going to stay. You know what I'm saying? I remember starting that young. Yeah. You know, when we used to go to Tennessee, it was the same thing. One year, I begged to not go to Tennessee. And mm-hmm. then my parents kept us in Brooklyn. And we went to the Glenwood Houses Projects mm-hmm. Community Center uh, Summer Program. And I had a great time there. But I remember choosing to not go with my grandparents mm-hmm. because I wanted everyone else around me to feel better about me staying there. Right. Think about how sick that is. You work your hardest. To be better, right? Mm-hmm. Jay-Z had a great quote. They were just like, um, people get mad at you and they say that you you change. Like I work <laughs> this hard to remain the same. You know, like it's the I truth love though. It. You
1: sound just <laughs> like <him. laughs> this Hove. Shout
0: out to my nigga Hove. But um When you work this hard to be better for yourself, right. no, I don't want to remain in the same place.
1: You know what I think the conflict is too for some people, they feel like you are trying to be better than them where it's not you're trying to be better than them. You're just trying to be a better version of yourself. Yes. And in being a better version of yourself, if that then in turns allows you to ascend in whatever area you're working on, that has everything to do with you yes. and nothing to do with the yes. party that's blaming you for trying to be better than them. There was never a competition to begin with. Right. And I think that's a problem too. A, pe- a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like because you may come from the same area or the same walk of life or the same community or mm-hmm. the same neighborhood, the same school, that everybody has to be on the same path right and that's just not right. the case like my right. path is going to be different than yours i experienced that when i was growing up um i used to do pageants everyone yeah. knows that i competed in pageants and it was like oh could you think she better than better than everybody else because she does pageants the pageant was an opportunity a because i saw i was able to make some scholarship money your girl was trying to make money early as 10. <laughs> okay i was like oh, I get scholarship money they even cash awards i like this i'm gonna build my bank account. So that was part of it. Another reason was that I always enjoyed being in front of an audience. That's something that I kind of just knew early on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, after reading, you know, the guidelines for the pageant and stuff like that, my mom was like, "Oh, interview skills, that that'll help you in life." Yeah. yeah. You do interviews and you learn how to speak in front of strangers and do one-on-one interviews with people. That's something that's a life skill you can learn. Mm-hmm. So these are things that I was doing to better my circumstance and better myself because I knew eventually one day I was going to be in some sort of entertainment I was Mm -hmm. dancing I loved to be on stage Um, they had talent competitions I was Mm -hmm. playing the piano and dancing so my mom was like this is a platform for people to just see you you never know what casting director is going to be there an acting coach whatever so for me it was all about the opportunity to advance in advance myself whereas some of my classmates at the time was like oh she thinks she better because she got a crown and banner and she's on stage and pretty dresses and stuff And then that kind of made me feel away sometimes. You want to make yourself small? Yeah. I kind of was just like, uh. So if I had, you know, an opportunity, because my school was also very proud of me at the time. So they're like, Kadeem, bring your crown and banner. We have some people visiting from wherever. They're trying to give the school some scholarship money. We want them to see that we have kids who are doing things here. And then it's like, I had to feel bad about presenting myself like that in front of my peers because they made me think that I was better than them. Or I I, I felt like I was a show-off. You're you're being a show-off, yeah. And it had nothing to do with that. It was encouragement from the adults around me, A, but I couldn't fully live in that moment and be who I wanted to be for fear of ridicule. That's
0: survivor's remorse. You can't be who you want to be in your greatest moments because you fear ridicule from your peers. That is survivor's remorse. Yeah. And you know what people do to, to kind of eliminate survivor's remorse? People like me, for example, and other people, I don't stop achieving. But when I do achieve, I try to give everything to everyone around me so that yeah. everyone can feel the same. Yeah. And when I realized that I've, I didn't take care of myself, I didn't take care of the things that, that mattered mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. now I, I, I took care of everybody so that we can all be. Perfect example, you're in the NFL, you're 22 years old, right? I'm taking all my boys to the club. Mm-hmm. I know they can't afford bottle service. I'll pay for everybody's bottle service. Mm-hmm. So now you spent... A couple grand in a club so that everyone else can feel like they're in the NFL because you're in the NFL. Right. But you're the only one that put the work in to get there.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when that runs out or if you hit a blip in the road. Right. Those same people feel like they don't owe you anything because they they didn't even ask, didn't ask for that. For it. Exactly. They didn't ask for it. Exactly. And you can't blame exactly. them. You. They didn't ask for this. Right. You wanted to make yourself feel better because you felt ridiculed. Right. And now, when you don't have any more to give, now you mad,
1: right? So really, it's not even their fault for accepting it. Mm-mm. Can't be mad at them for accepting it. You're the one that's doing all the offering, <laughs> and that's
0: and that's the point. Like, you you can't blame the people around you, right? It is a culture, right? It is a culture, and I don't know if it's because I'm not I'm not white, I'm not Asian, I'm not Indian. I don't know if it's a black culture thing, but I don't know if survivor's remorse exists mm-hmm. in every other culture, mm. mainly because, especially in America there's only been one group that was held captive and enslaved for 400 years, and mm-hmm. that was black people. Mm-hmm. You know, I do know for a fact that Asian uh, Asian Americans have gone through a lot mm-hmm. uh, after Reconstruction, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same as enslavement. Right. So I don't know if in the Asian culture it's the same type of, of um, ridicule that happens when people try to ascend, but mm-hmm. I do know in the black culture that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And that culture creates this survivor's remorse where mm-hmm. you're like, if I'm the one that make it, Right. I got to bring everybody. Right. And it has nothing to do with entertainment. I've seen people who barely made it out of college, who finally got like a corporate job. And people think corporate jobs pay instantly once you get entry level, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Like when you st- when you graduate from college, like Bilal, for example, when he mm-hmm. first started, I think he started at uh, New Burger Berman. Mm-hmm. I think Bilal at that time, this was 2006, was making 45K. But in his family's mind,
1: he made it. He made
0: it. Mm-hmm. So Bilal tried to help everybody, and that was a detriment to him and his future because when you try to help everybody, you can't help yourself. No. Nope. And this, if there's a message that you can get from this, ladies and gentlemen, is this is the message. Do not let the current culture or the culture that you exist in as you ascend ha- let you make decisions that's not going to help you continue to ascend and get to your goals. That guilt you feel, that survivor's remorse you feel, it's created within you mm-hmm. because of the things that happened around you. Mm-hmm. But you can't use the people around you as a scapegoat when you do that and then fail. Yep. That's why it's you have to be you have to know it's it's okay to not take everyone. Right. That's why this second time around, we help who we can help only when we can help. Right. I'm not spreading myself thin to help everybody. And now
1: we have four children too. We're thinking about like the legacy that we're trying to build for our children and making sure that they have their little nest egg for what they want to do whenever they're, you know, grown and they can access that. So it's also too sometimes I feel like in addition to the survivor's remorse and trying to shell out to help people, you play things small. Yeah. You know, or you just kind of feel like even if it's not having to give somebody something, you feel like you have accomplished something and you can't even share that and share in that joy with certain people because you feel like they're going to then you do that not all the be time. able to celebrate.
0: You do that all the time. Yes. I, I, Tribble I talks guess. about it all the time. <laughs> Kadeen graduated magna cum laude with a master's degree in broadcast journalism. Part of the reason why this podcast is so freaking dope is because you are exquisite at what you do. You have a okay. great voice. You took voice addiction <laughs> classes. You helped me with my voice. You, you're perfect with transitions and ads. That's what you do, mm-hmm. right? But even when Tribble says, oh, that's right, kadine does it, the first thing you do is go, oh, it's not that big deal. Like, <laughs> you you literally put your head down and you lose eye contact and you go, no, it's just not that big deal. Because for years, for, well, since you've been born, anytime you've been proud of your accomplishments, accomplishments, and they, and I know for a fact that they do this to black Americans in this control of time is you better be humble.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, being humble is a big part of it. Think about this. Yeah. When
0: When was the last time you watched... A white quarterback, a white athlete, male or female, mm-hmm. white champion, white actor, white singer, go up to take a make an acceptance speech, and then you hear Twitter say, that person needs to be humble. Mm. But then think about it when it's a black athlete. Think about Serena Williams, mm-hmm. how when she screamed at the referee for calling her a cheater and taking a point away, mm-hmm. people were saying she needs to learn how to be humble. Oh, yes, But when I McEnroe screams at refs every... Match. Nobody says anything
1: because uh-huh, that's expected. You but it's expected for us to. But
0: it's expected for us to be to humble. Always be
1: humble and timid and, and they power always say, too.
0: The Bible says to be humble. The Bible says to be humble unto God. That's it all. never says to be humble unto man. i don't have to be humble unto anybody else that look just like me right you have to be humble unto god Mm -hmm. and if you humble unto god then he will continue to bless you because now you have a fiduciary responsibility as someone who's living in abundance to help other people right
1: which is something that we don't ever take lightly so just because it's a thing where we're careful and we're, we're strategic about when we help and how we help people nowadays we definitely help. Yes, a absolutely. Lot. And we'll continue. And we'll continue to help. And it's nothing that has to be publicly, you know, no. spoken about or publicly advertised either. Um, what we do, and it's crazy because that's the oxymoron and it's kind of like the double-edged sword. If you don't talk about helping people, people don't think you help. But if you right. help and you so- you talk about helping, then you're showing off for right. helping. Right. Um, so that you could just never win. But I think the great part about what we're doing to collectively together is that as we both ascend as a couple and as individuals, like you said, God is... Abundantly blessing us and yes. putting us in the position to help people who really need the help. Yeah, um, And it's great to be able to do that and not feel the guilt doing it as if, you know, we're trying to bring someone up to our right. level, but just saying in your moment, I see you, you may need assistance with this or someone needs assistance with that. And we're able to do it. And yeah. we're a cheerful giver because God loves that as well. The Absolutely. Giver.
0: And the difference is now when we help people, it's more of a thing where it's like, I'm not helping you to make myself feel better yes. because I feel guilty about me. Right. Ascending. That's the difference. There's, there's a difference yes. because you also can't blame people for that. Mm-hmm. If you choose to help people because you feel guilty about how you've gotten these means or you feel guilty because people throughout your life have made you feel guilty about overachieving Mm -hmm. and you choose to help people to help with that guilt you're helping for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and ultimately you're going to end up with your feelings hurt yeah because that type of help runs out right like you can't always help people like that right but when you can help and be a cheerful giver because you can see someone is in a moment of need Mm -hmm. and the money you give them is not money you need or gonna need back right now that's here don't even you know, don't mm-hmm. say nothing to me about it. Don't mm-hmm. say nothing to nobody else. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Regardless of whether you receive it or not, it doesn't matter to me because right. I'm just doing this because so I think you need help. For sure. And I think people need to recognize that, especially younger people who are starting their college process, who are thinking about where they're going to go. Because I've even watched, I've watched young kids choose to go to schools closer to home because they don't want the people around them to feel like they're leaving them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're going to limit your opportunities and your prospects because you want you don't want other people to feel bad about you bettering yourself. Yeah. That is insane. like it's insane and it's a sickness. Yeah. And, and and to be honest, it's it's stopping a lot of greatness within our community. Oh, for sure. You know, like not leaving the
1: hood because you're just
0: worried about leaving the hood.
1: <laughs> Imagine how much you could do for the hood when you came back. If you were able to grow and I mean, flourish.
0: That's a good point. And the funny thing is we see it all the time perpetuated in entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. The person who has a, a scholarship or the person who go out and sing or, or the person who go out and dance or the person who be a CEO of a company, right? You watch them on TV and then what's what's always the conflict with that character? I can't leave everybody behind. <laughs> I got to find a way to stay here and play basketball professionally. You
1: can't. That's not possible. Bro.
0: You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I want to take this big time job in, in, in New York as a financial president, but mm-hmm. I can't. I got to stay home. And... No, you don't. Right. You don't got to go. Right. Go out there and get as much resources as possible. Come back and then spread those those resources when you can, mm-hmm. but not because you feel guilty. Right. And that's right. that's ultimately what we want people right. to think about, and also
1: and the, yeah, it's the motivation behind.
0: Yes, the motivation helping. behind it, but also for people, be careful with your words. Mm-hmm. If you see someone is starting to do well or trying to ascend, saying backhanded stuff like, "Oh, it's good Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I want to be like you when I grow up." Mm-hmm. Oh, it must be nice. Or, mm-hmm. "Oh, you a lucky person." Stuff like that is backhanded compliments, Absolutely. and that you don't know how that weighs on that person for if they are sure. constantly hearing it. So. You know, I, I think that this is important that we, as a people, continue to look at how we interact with those who are trying to ascend.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, I love mm-hmm. that. All right, yo.
0: So let's uh, let's that take was some cute. break, pay some some bills, get into these listener letters. I think we should definitely do
1: that. As my laptop over here died, let me get some juice, y'all. Plug me up, please, so I can come and look, get in y'all business real quick. Okay. <laughs> We're
0: gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite.
0: but all year long.
1: That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
0: That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine.
3: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done
0: all right so we're back with listener letters
1: all right my laptop's still dead y'all so devals gonna start off and hopefully <laughs> i'll catch up along we'll the way <laughs> all
0: right number one first of all let me start by saying i genuinely love your podcast and love you both big ups from barbados thank you oh, so barbados. much i can't
1: wait to get there i, I uh, let me real quick say my goal in life is to touch every island in the caribbean at some point
0: My goal in life is to touch you in every island at some point.
1: I love that moment of truth, y'all. Came early. (laughs) Anywho.
0: So I just turned 22 and I was listening to your podcast last week, the one about manifestation and, of course, prayer without work equals nothing. So straight to the point, I'm tired of my job. I've been working here for two years, and here in Barbados, it is hard to find good, solid jobs. So if you find some good place, uh, find some place good, your best option is to stay. But lately, I've become so frustrated that my workplace and I decided for my birthday I'm going to make a change, so I prayed, and I've been trying to speak positive affirmations to myself, and I've been putting myself out there, sending my resume any and everywhere. When I pray, I ask God to help me find the right job, not just any job, because I would hate to leave one stressful environment to go into the next. Mm -hmm. Even in typing, I got to go all around. Wait. Even in typing, I got to go all around the world before I get to the point. See, I had my first call and interview this week, and honestly, the interview was amazing. I stepped out of there feeling so confident, but now I'm at work, and for some reason, I feel so guilty because this job has been good to me, and I met a lot of amazing people here, and my boss is a really nice guy. I met my best friend for life here at work, even though she quit a couple months ago. And honestly, I just feel like it's going to be so hard to leave, especially if I get the job at the other place. My questions are, how do I embrace new opportunities? How do I resign from this job the right way? And finally, what affirmations can I tell myself to help me overcome the guilt I'm feeling for wanting better for myself? Mm. Wow, could your girl be feeling guilty? Bad, bad. Couldn't help the dialect there. <laughs> I love that.
1: You read. You read mad fast. to so sidebar them. Yes. Letters. I ain't get letters. half the
0: story. You ain't get half the story. Nah. In my life, you can't I'm still hear. in charge of. You can't yet, hear. But all right. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so pretty much, no. Nah, yes.
0: Pretty much, what she was saying was, she had a job. Mm-hmm. She don't like her job. Doesn't anymore. like it. Yes. She wants to do something else, but she feels guilty leaving because everything she's learned from that job. Right. Another type of survivor's it's remorse. remorse. Yes. Feeling like you've outgrown the place you're in, mm-hmm. but guilty because you want to move on. Yes. I mean the bottom line is is that we have been taught like like we have been conditioned to be accepting of any condition like yes. that's just what like just accept yes. it like this, this is this is this good is enough yep you know and, and here's one thing I i'm learned. so
1: grateful for this opportunity that right. i can't i have to just withstand that you know who i saw that with mostly who growing up my mom yeah like in this work environment that was just so so stressful and was so unhappy and just having to deal with people that just weren't nice and well let's talk. just about never th- wanted to leave never wanted to walk away
0: let's talk about corporate structure right this is how corporate structure works your boss owns a company right you make your boss let's say a million dollars you may make fifty thousand dollars Your boss's job is to make you feel so good earning that $50,000 that you never leave because you help him or her make a million dollars. So you know what your boss does? Maybe nice to you, mm-hmm. you know, um, give you an extra five hundred dollar bonus, right? Little uh, po-
1: employee, employee appreciation employee day, pre- you get give donuts, you a title, breakfast, give you a title, title. Yep.
0: You go on vacation every year. Mm-hmm. These are all ploys and corporate structure to keep you a part of the corporate program. Yes, your job is to continue to make that company money. So of course they're going to make you feel good, mm-hmm. and then also make you feel guilty when you're ready to go. That's why most people, when they're transferring jobs, they just get an offer, Mm -hmm. know that the job is secure, Mm -hmm. put in their two weeks notice and then bounce. Because if you tell your boss that you're thinking about leaving, they're going to make you feel good by doing everything other than giving you a raise or giving you more responsibility so you can grow in that position. Because if they give you more responsibility so you can grow in that position, it's going to cost them more money, which cuts into their bottom line. Right. So you have to, once you understand corporate structure and you know how this works, you won't feel guilty because you know it's just business. Baby, it's never personal. Mm-hmm. The same way if they can get cheaper, younger talent, they'll fire your black get, ass. That's a fact. <laughs> like, you, you are, are disposable. Structure.
1: I think I saw so somewhere, I don't know if it was a meme or if it was an actual real thing, but it's like someone had passed away on the job or whatever. And that person's job was posted by the end of business day, the same day they found out the person passed away.
0: Well, I mean, it has you are to.
1: disposable. It yes. But disposable. I'm just saying that should also put in perspective for you that you are just a body. Absolutely. You are just a number to some of these institutions. Absolutely. So when you're thinking about blood, sweat and tears, you're thinking about your happiness, your sanity. I'm like, sis, look at what you prayed for. You prayed for better opportunities yep. that are coming. Embrace the opportunity.
0: Yo, listen, it's it's funny, but bosses can give you survivors remorse as well oh yeah i didn't think of it in
1: that circumstance
0: but you're right all the bosses i know who are really good at empowering people Mm -hmm. and um that are really good at empowering people are often narcissistic and also very smart at manipulating people Mm. right Mm -hmm. so what they'll do is they'll empower you within the company to help them make more money Mm -hmm. but also remind you like remember when you started and you couldn't do anything. Think about how much you learned here. Mm. So now it's like, damn, let me make this person feel indebted to this place. Because if they learn, if I remind them of how much growth and how much, you know, oh, we took a chance on you because we wasn't sure. But look how much we taught you. It's saying things like that creates a survivor's remorse. Right. When it's like, I've outgrown this job. But can I leave because I've done so much here? It's like, yes, you can leave. You can leave. Your job was to grow here. And you should be able to here. leave. Yes. yes. And you can't feel guilty because you've outgrown a situation. Right. Right. Like that's just what And if you've made
1: some friends at work, you can be friends outside of work now.
0: And she said her best friend quit.
1: Yeah. The best friend's gone. Yes, your best friend left you, sis. Come on now.
0: If that wasn't a message, then that's I don't know what a message is. But I think people need to understand that survivor's remorse is is a tool often used in corporate structure Mm -hmm. to keep you an employee. That's a fact. And if you want to move on, you're gonna have to learn to let that guilt go. Yep. And do what you do for yourself.
1: Affect their bottom line. Mm mm. So you know what I'm gonna do, babe? I'm going to borrow your laptop to read
0: the second one. Oh now nah, you want my laptop. Now nah, you want my laptop. You know, Say it's please. Just, uh, Say please.
1: Please.
0: <laughs> let me touch your butt. <laughs> Come on, let me touch your butt. Come
1: on, stop reaching over the chair, bro. Let me touch your butt. You're not getting my you know laptop. You can't get up.
0: You are not gonna let me touch your butt?
1: Come on, reach over and grab it. There you go let me help you out there there you go all right
0: we good yeah 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 we good i got to grab the boot make sure
1: my laptop dies more often y'all oh don't play don't play with me don't play feels on the podcast all right so here's the second one hey first off want to say i love you guys and always appreciate how transparent you are with each other and your listeners you are welcome love you back I've been with my boyfriend for four years. We both graduated college last year, and now we're both working full-time jobs and back at home living with our parents to save money. We've been talking about the future of our relationship, specifically moving in together and eventually getting married. However, it seems like it's been hard to get on the same page. I I realize that I often feel that when I try to talk to him about giving more to the relationship and committing to future plans together, he reacts like I'm threatening his sense of self and his independence. It's very frustrating, although I don't doubt that he cares about me. It feels like he's not 100% committed to the longevity of our relationship. This resulted in me building up a wall and not trusting his commitment, causing a lot of arguments and distance. Am I wrong for questioning his intentions? How can I know if we can rebuild trust or if he's just the type of person that values independence over partnership? Is this just a post-grad phase that all couples go through? Thanks for any insight. Mm. Interesting question she built up here um so boyfriend for four years they were in college together graduated full-time jobs living at home with their family building building so it could be a couple things it could be that he is in that building phase where he kind of feels like okay if i'm going to seriously think about committing to this woman in real life because i think college gives us this like perfect little Mm -hmm. like world of Mm -hmm it not being practical because we are living without real bills you know we're just kind of like we talked about our college experience a a lot it's a utopia that's the word i'm looking for Mm -hmm. it's just a utopia of like the perfect environment Mm -hmm. so it could be that now he's realizing that okay college is over this is real world now i'm trying to build and i want to focus on that deval doesn't seem to think so based on his face
0: No, no, I no. Or is it
1: that you think that he's just getting a taste of now the real world and maybe afraid of the commitment phase?
0: To be honest, I don't don't know what it is. I just feel like, and we're going to do a whole podcast about this, there's a different responsibility when it comes to a man trying to plan for the future than a woman. A -hmm. huge responsibility. Like, for example, right, in this day and age, if I'm going to propose, I have to save money for a ring, I have to save money to propose the right way these days, which is True. I got to get a videographer, a photographer, take her to a restaurant, invite all her people and do a whole big thing. Right. Or yeah. else she's not going to feel like it's good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Women prepare for marriage by doing what? Waiting. <laughs> That's why <they're, laughs> right. they seem so impatient. Right. Because it's like I'm just waiting for him to figure it out. I'm waiting for him to figure it out. Well, niggas got to make money to do all that stuff. Yeah. For example, we know someone who is looking to get married. Right. First thing is, ring, right? Said person said they're looking for a certain amount of carrots. Mm-hmm. Certain amount of carrots cost tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Tens of thousands of dollars, right? For a lot of people, those tens of thousands of dollars may be half or more than their salary for a year, Ooh. right? Plus, this person wants everything when it comes to the proposal, mm-hmm. right? Right. Which costs more than tens of thousands, thousands of, of dollars. dollars. So the women sit back and do what while the man is planning all of this? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, realistically, I got to ask you a question. When you were planning on getting married, mm-hmm. right, what were you thinking of? How were you preparing to be a wife? And how were you preparing for the proposal? Oh,
1: I've been told y'all, I was preparing, I was getting my bikini wax. <laughs> I was getting my nails done um <laughs> no seriously there wasn't a lot of preparation that went into me preparing to be a wife per se like there weren't conversations right. that were had right um or any of that so right. it really is kind of like a sitting back and waiting game that happens with this whole like proposal thing so yeah his mind might kind of be a little flustered now he's like now we're out of this utopia yeah now we're in the real world um and this is getting
0: really real really fast because this is what happens I gotta spend all this money to do all of this, but then we also have to get married. And we still have to And we rip. have to plan a wedding and we have to live. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, right? Mm-hmm. As a man, I felt a responsibility that if I'm gonna ask you to be my wife, I have to be prepared to handle all of the responsibilities that come with having a wife. Right. You didn't think like that. Right. You never thought like, okay, let me put this amount of money aside. Let me put, it was just, I can't wait to get engaged and then get married. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even think about how much a wedding would cost. right? I thought about all of this. Right. I thought about where we were going to live. Mm -hmm. I thought about once you you get pregnant, if you can't work, how am I going to handle all of the financial responsibilities? Mm -hmm. So I think for women sometimes when you're sitting back and waiting for him to just ask, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that he has to go through before he even gets to that point. And even if he's at that point, he still has to wait till financially he's at a point to... Execute those plans. Right. Because y'all just graduated. So I guarantee you, There's let's say.
1: Probably, do they even have secure jobs yet? I don't know if she, she mentioned, she mentioned that. Work, they both work But they're okay. both
0: staying at home to save money. Right. So my thing is, they just both graduated. Mm-hmm. So if they're both just graduating um, undergrad or grad school, did she even say? She,
1: I think it was, I think it was undergrad.
0: So let's I say they both, they both graduate yeah. undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. Most people this day and age who graduate undergrad make between forty five and sixty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. on the high end. On the high end, right? That's Crazy, yeah. So let's just think about that. He's making forty five to sixty thousand dollars a year. He has to get taxed mm-hmm. on that, right? So he mm-hmm. gets taxed on it. Say it's the sixty. Let's give him the sixty. He's gonna have to pay at least thirty three percent of that money to the government. So now he's making forty thousand dollars a year, mm. right? And this is first year upon graduation. Most of these women want the diamonds yeah. that they see on Instagram, right? They want what two, three carats, yep. right? I know for a fact because I just upgraded your ring that with each carat is at least ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars on the low end. Mm. So you want three carats? That's thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? Plus the band, yep. Right? Plus the engagement party, right? Plus the engagement itself is another what ten, maybe fifteen thousand dollars. So In this his age, whole yeah. year's salary. 40000 $40, dollars. He's going to spend more than that proposing to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He has to save that money first and which, still live, and still live, which means he still has to live in today's today's day. So if he's making four thousand dollars a year, forty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. that's at least what I'd say about thirty five hundred dollars a month.
1: Mm-hmm. Like a human
0: calculator, I, because I, 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 for years I've been <laughs> for years I've been doing this in my head. But yes. you figure if he's saving. 3500 I mean if he's making $3500 a month after taxes he mm. still got to eat still got to live mm. probably has a car probably drop some money to his parents for staying there for free if his parents say no forget it he'll probably be able to save out of that 3500 if he if he lives frugally probably be able to save 1500 mm. so now 1500 times 12 is what 18000 which means he's going to have to Save aggressively two, save, uh, save that. for two to three years. Right. Depending and on their level of what they're of the trying time, to do. Most of the women is like, oh, I'm waiting two, three years for... Right. But that's really what... So it seems like, yeah. That, you I what mean, what I'm saying? There it's may a just lot be a lot of things going in his about. head. And and when we hear women talk about, like, I know it doesn't seem like he's serious. Right. He may also he may be serious and trying to throw you off so that he can surprise you. Because remember, we had friends uh-huh. who her girls were saying, if he don't propose to you by by uh, Thanksgiving or by by New Year's, then you need to just move on because he's not ready. The whole time, his plan was to propose to her and surprise her mm-hmm. in February. Mm-hmm. And then she came through New Year's. He was taking her to, mm-hmm. uh, we told this story. He was taking her to events and stuff on New Year's, and the whole time she was getting dressed up and all her girls like, this is it, girl, this is it. <laughs> and every time it wasn't it, <laughs> she got disappointed right. and ultimately gave him an ultimatum in January and like if you're not serious about this then meanwhile this dude had a whole ring and whole thing set up mm-hmm. for February it's like damn like right. whole foot in your mouth yeah now you got a <laughs> whole foot in your friend sitting back there like I told you you should have right. just waited right I just be patient baby I just well just I mean too <laughs> I guess
1: she can also look at it as not having the conversation as a form of pressure but as a form of expectations or what she's looking for as things progress right because we had this this, this clip yes. that went viral when we talked about expectation versus pressure yes so i think that if she's just having the conversation with him not framing it where he feels pressured but just saying hey just wondering like what's the time frame because every I couple talks about time frame though no don't like we have like a five-year plan we have a 10-year plan for the future no they so absolutely they're if maybe absolutely she do. just wants some clarity on where his head is with things
0: but the but the game plan often puts pressure because the woman is saying i want it in this time He's the one that's responsible to provide it in that time. Regardless of how you code it, it's Mm -hmm. still pressure to provide the things you want I'm required to provide the things you want in your time. So
1: maybe it's not a, pressure, a conversation about her time. It's that what do you think? Or what 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 are you coming? I think that's what she's trying no, to no, say. No. She's coming from a place of, yeah. what are you I'm thinking, babe? I'm what
0: you just said, though. Because mm-hmm. you just said, is it wrong for her to say what she wants and mm-hmm. needs in her time? And I said, no, it's not wrong. You are entitled to say what you want and need. But you can't say, I just told you what I want and need. Don't feel no pressure. Right. That's why people oftentimes when they say, you know, like, for example, we had, um, for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. we had friends who, we, Smitty, Smitty was just like, yo, um, if y'all can figure out something on Valentine's Day, let me know. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, it's no pressure. Mm-hmm. You got to say no pressure because once you tell somebody what you're looking for and in a right. certain time frame, mm-hmm. now it's pressure on them to provide that. Mm. The thing is, women don't like to hear that they put pressure on men when they tell them a time frame. Mm-hmm. But you're entitled to tell me your time frame. Right. But I'm going to feel it's, it's pressure. clarity. If I have to provide, provide that in a yeah. time frame. If you care to also. If You may to, be like, yeah.
1: mm, well, you know, you can have all the time frames you want. But uh, what we're not doing is that. So right. that's also possible. Well, good luck to you, sis. You yeah. know, continue to have the conversations. Continue, if you guys yes. are serious about each other, that's one thing Devon and I always encourage. Even though you may not see eye to eye on the process, at least having the conversations um, hopefully we will get some clarity someday.
0: That's ultimately, that's the only answer. Yeah can openly having the conversation Mm -hmm. and don't be upset right or don't expect other people to understand how your conversation is going to go because kadeen and i had the conversation out loud and everybody else was upset Mm -hmm. but she and i wasn't right and it worked out perfectly for us yeah so make sure y'all have the conversation and don't care how everyone else takes it Mm -hmm. continue to have the conversation and love on each other
1: absolutely all right y'all keep sending in these listener letters because we love to have them we're actually gonna have a listener letter episode coming up maybe one or two this season because you know sometimes y'all have some really good questions and stories for us so email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com
0: that's right that's d-e-a-d-a-s-s-a-d-v-i-c-e at gmail.com
1: all right moment of truth time we're talking survivor's remorse going back to the top of the show everything we spoke about ascension bringing everybody with you who can come who can't and feeling bad about that um my thing my moment of truth i should say is just be careful with your words and your approach Mm. when it comes to people around you who are trying to make their hopes and dreams come true
0: oh you took mine that's a good one go ahead there's just
1: there's just nothing um that can be more disappointing or more hurtful than the backhanded compliments yeah and if you're going to support someone, support them wholeheartedly, support them because you want to genuinely support them and their 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 path, not because of what you may potentially gain from it. And just know that if you want to ascend with somebody, you have to put the work in as well, too. And it can be two completely different dreams, two completely Sh- different la, la, goals, two completely different paths.
0: You speaking right now. <laughs> la, I'm
1: but there's nothing sweeter Than when a group of friends or a group of acquaintances Uh. or a group of family members are all ascending in their own fields. And they can do it collectively and celebrate together. Like. How beautiful is that?
0: You took my goddamn moment of truth. All
1: right. So we done then. All right. If you want to be. (laughs) The
0: only thing I'm going to add is. Okay. If you are the person that's ascending. Mm -hmm. Don't let your pocketbook mm-hmm. be your way of getting rid of guilt mm. because that runs out. Mm-hmm. You cannot pay people to be happy for you no. and you cannot pay your way out of dealing with the trauma for feeling guilty for being successful. Oh yeah. You can't. So nope. between Kadeem's moment of truth for the people around, for the person who is ascending, mm-hmm. know that words matter. That's a fact. And know that you have to work on healing yourself first mm-hmm. before you can be available to anybody else.
1: Deadass then. Yes. Deadass then. <laughs> all right. Be sure to find us on social media, y'all, at Dead Ass the Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram and all the good stuff um, at Kadeen I am.
0: And I am devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass, y'all.
1: Deadass. We'll, we'll see you next time.
0: Deadass is a production of iHeart Media Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth: no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you.